Hello, I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Katie Sewell. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. Now, I don't usually read articles on this show, but today is going to be the exception. <laughs> um, there was an article in the New York Times, a guest opinion essay that came out at the end of February. It was titled, How COVID Stole Our Time and How We Can Get It Back. And it was written by Tim Urban. Uh, Tim Urban is the author of Wait But Why, which is a stick figure illustrated blog about almost everything. And I asked him to come on the show to discuss this article and He couldn't do it because he's in the middle of a deadline for a book. But I still wanted to share the concepts in this article with you. I have cut this down a bit from its original length. So if you want to read the whole article or see the images that he drew to go along with it, we will put a link in the show notes. The article starts with a visual of what he calls depressing math. It's a square. So picture a square, or maybe more like a rectangle, and it's filled with tiny boxes. One box represents every week of a 90-year life. So if you can picture that in your head, a whole bunch of little boxes in one image so that you can see the span of a human life in just a snapshot. And he writes, It often feels like we have countless weeks ahead of us, but actually it's just a few thousand a small enough number to fit neatly in a single image. Once you visualize the human lifespan, it becomes clear that so many parts of life we think of as countless are actually quite countable. I love going to the American Museum of Natural History, and I've been three times since I moved to New York in 2009. If that rate continues, I'll step into the museum 12 more times. For an activity I think of as something I like to do, That number seems shockingly low. I also love going to the movies, but ever since it became effortless to stream everything at home, I've been averaging one or two movie theater trips a year. In my head, I'll go out for hundreds more movies in my life, but the real amount is probably some weirdly small number, like 53. Depressing math is especially depressing when you're living through a pandemic. COVID hasn't taken away our weeks, but it has robbed us of our favorite activities. But perhaps the hardest math to process, and in turn, the hardest COVID pill to swallow, has to do with our relationships. I grew up spending some time with my parents almost every day. Since turning 19 and moving away for good, I've averaged about 10 to 15 days a year with them. Since turning 19 and moving away for good, I've averaged about 10 to 15 days a year with them. If I'm one of the lucky ones, I'll have quality time with my parents until I'm 60. That means that the day I headed off to college, I had something like 350 remaining parent days total, the amount of time I had with them every year of my childhood. What it boils down to is this. My life, in the best-case scenario will consist of around 20 years of in-person parent time. The first 19 happened over the course of my first 19 years. The final year is spread out over the rest of my life. 
When I left for college, I had many decades left with living parents, but only about one year of time left to spend with them. It's the same story with my childhood friends. I spent high school sitting around with the same four friends, notching somewhere around 1,000 hangouts by the time we scattered off to different cities. Since then, our text thread keeps us in touch, but we've only managed to get the whole group together for a weekend every few years, about 10 total days each decade. It feels like we're smack in the middle of our lives together, but like me and my parents, the high school group is currently enjoying its final 5% of in-person time together. Depressing math reveals a cold truth. While you may not be anywhere near the end of your life, you may very well be nearing the end of your time spent with some of the most important people in your life. The pandemic has only added to the sting. In my family, Thanksgiving is the ultimate, unskippable event. But over the past two years, we've skipped it twice because of COVID. Considering that there may only be 10 to 15 more Thanksgivings for all of us to be together, two is a pretty big piece of that pie. In the months ahead, as you prepare to make plans, I encourage you to do some depressing math of your own, because whatever your situation, delusion about the time we have left serves no one. Now for the good news. And a quick aside, here he inserts another picture. One side is black lines, a squiggle of black lines that show our past in all of the roads that we've not taken. And then on the right-hand side, there's a whole mess of green lines showing all the possible roads that could happen from here. And the green side looks almost like a big green tree. He writes, We think a lot about those black lines, the roads not taken, the opportunities missed, the ones that got away. But most of us greatly underestimate the size of the lush green tree of possibilities that lie ahead of us. We underestimate future possibilities for the same reason we overestimate the time we have left with those we love. Our intuition is not very imaginative. It's a human instinct to believe the life we're used to is how things will always be, both the good parts and the bad. But the life we'll be living ten years from now will largely be determined not by our past selves, but by our present and future selves. If we imagine what we might regret down the road, it's very much in our hands to do something about it now. This is the good news about being a human. The time we have left with family and friends is not a law of nature, like the weeks that we have left to live. It's a function of priorities and decisions. At our current pace of 10 to 15 days per year, my parents and I have, at best, a couple of hundred days left to hang out. But there's nothing stopping us from changing that equation. Agreeing upon an additional annual family week each summer would almost double our remaining time together, while moving to the same city could multiply it by 10. Getting together with my friends one weekend a year would triple our pace and leave us with 15% of our total hangout time ahead instead of just 5%. If the thought of only 12 more Museum of Natural History visits makes me sad, I can start going once a year and magically transform that number to 50. 
That big green tree is a reminder that we have the power to change so much of what seems set in stone. These two delusions, that we have countless time ahead of us and that we can't change our course, are a recipe for complacency. Shedding them can wake us up and inspire us to live more wisely. The past couple years has left us with a joy deficit. When we picture a post-COVID world, we imagine having our old lives back. But we can actually go a step further and make up for the missed experiences, flipping the deficit into a surplus. If COVID has given us anything, it's a rare chance for a reset. That was written by Tim Urban for the New York Times. Tim Urban can be found at Wait But Why, and he's the author and illustrator of the blog, Wait But Why. That article was a New York Times guest essay titled How COVID Stole Our Time and How We Can Get It Back. There'll be a link to that article in the show notes if you want to read it again or share it with somebody else. But even better yet, share the show with somebody else and have them listen in. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Kitty Sewell. You could sponsor this show and reach educated, curious, and compassionate listeners all over the world. Our listeners are a remarkable, diverse, and engaged group of people that I am so continually impressed by. Visit thebittersweetlife.net and click support to get the conversation started. <laughs>